0: Well, hey, hey, what's up, everyone? Welcome back to another episode of the Amazing Seller Podcast. This is episode number 263, and today we're going to be talking about something we don't want to talk about, and that is fear, all right? But not just fear, it's fear in picking the wrong product or the wrong market. So what I'm going to do is I'm going to break down and I'm going to give you three tips to overcome fear of choosing that wrong product and at least prepare you a little bit better. And I got this idea to do this podcast because a lot of people, a lot of people, including myself, still feel this fear, and it's normal, by the way, but I wanted to do this to really kind of break it down a little bit simpler and give you some filters to kind of run it through so you can validate uh, if a product is is uh, is already selling, if maybe it's inflated because someone's already done a promotion, is it a market that's actually buying product? Uh, can a product be built in a market uh, or be marketed to these customers? And I've also taken it one step further. I've had a lot of people that have attended one of my live workshops where I break down the five phases for launching a product, and I had a lot of people say, Scott, I'd love it if you could just dive into how to pick that product or that market and just really, really just go deeper into that particular phase. So that's what I've done. So I'm going to invite you to an upcoming workshop, brand new, never done this one, okay, and I've prepared a brand new presentation to kind of walk you through and I'm going to actually go through some of that here on the podcast today, really just kind of like highlight some of it, but I'm going to go deeper on the workshop. Now the upcoming date is going to be October 13th. 2016, that is. Now, if you're listening to this after the fact, you can still go to the link I'm going to give you, and it'll either be a replay or there will be an upcoming workshop for this product discovery phase, okay? Now, the link I'm going to give you right now, again, you can go over there and register at theamazingseller.com forward slash discover. Again, that's theamazingseller.com forward slash discover. Discover, and that'll take you right to the registration page for this upcoming workshop, which I'm really excited about, okay? But like I said, I'm gonna kinda cover some of these key points today so you kinda understand these sticking points and these you know, these different things that you can do, kinda like I said, like a filter to kinda run it through to really give you a better chance of understanding if this is even a product or a market you want to go into, okay, so uh, really, really excited to share this with you, and again, this is going to be my first time kind of presenting this to you, so I'm going to kind of see how it goes here on the the podcast, and uh, it'll refine it, make it even better on the workshop, but here we go, all right, so let's just kind of jump in, let's dive in to, uh, to these different things, okay, number one, the first thing we have to ask ourselves, and I get a lot of people that still say, Scott, you know, Why do I want to sell on Amazon? Like, why? Like, why don't I just go and start my own e-commerce store? And I think that that's great, but I'm going to give you the reasons. Actually, there's five of them. There's five reasons why I think it's smart to start on Amazon. And again, the key word there, (laughs) keyword, kind of like we're talking about keywords, right? (laughs) For Amazon. No, the key word, meaning the highlighted word there I want to say is that's where we're going to start, okay? But really, here's the five reasons that I get excited and I get excited sharing with people uh, to get started on Amazon. Okay, number one, there's traffic. We don't have to find traffic. It's a search engine for buyers, okay, Over 244 million active credit cards or customers on file, okay? That's number one. Number two, you don't need a fancy website to get started. Yes, it would be nice to have a little website so you can go ahead and get brand registry, but you don't have to have it, okay? But you can immediately list your product and start getting traffic, okay? Number three... You don't need a shopping cart. So you don't need to figure out Shopify. You don't need to figure out a plugin for your WordPress blog. You don't need any of that stuff. Okay. Number four, you don't have to store, or you don't have to worry about your warehouse, okay? So you don't have to store your stuff at your own place, your own house if you don't want to. You can use their warehouse, okay? And then you don't, and this is number five, you don't need employees. That's a big one. You guys have heard me say that in the past. If you guys are longtime listeners, um, employees can be a headache, okay? You get to utilize all of their resources. Yes, you have to abide by their rules. Yes, we understand that. But those are the main reasons why I get excited about Amazon, okay? They're the main ones. There's a bunch more, but those are the main ones, all right? Now. Let me also just kind of highlight here and give you some reasons why people don't launch a product, okay? First off, they think, I got to have experience selling online okay? Now, if you're thinking that right now, I'm going to tell you right now, there's many people that thought that, and once they started selling on Amazon, it kind of takes that all out of the mix. You just have to learn how to launch that product on Amazon, okay? Which I've done plenty of workshops on that, and I've done plenty of podcast episodes, so all your resources are right here. You don't have to really go anywhere else, okay? So you don't have to have experience selling online, okay? You don't have to have e-commerce experience, anything, okay? Number two Another reason what holds people back, or another thing that I hear all the time Amazon's oversaturated. Scott, you've got a podcast, one of the top rated podcasts in business on iTunes. Like everyone knows about this stuff. And the truth is, and I hate to say it, but there's a lot of people that just don't do it. All right. Or they do it and then they stop because they get frustrated that they don't get sales. Or maybe they didn't do the research that I'm going to show you right now and verifying through that whole process, which I'm going to share with you today. Right but they say to themselves, it's just too oversaturated. I'm not going to go in there. I'm not going to do it. Well, let me just, let me just tell you something. Google's saturated too, right? There's still people launching businesses on Google, right? You got to have a good product. Okay. We can talk about that too. You got to have a good product and you got to understand the platform that you're selling on. And you also have to look at the numbers. All right. Number three, I'm afraid of picking the wrong product. That's a big one. Scott, I, I just feel like I'm just going to pick the wrong product. You know what? That's a fear everyone has, and you're going to still have it even after you've launched one, two, three, ten 10 products. You're still going to have that. It may not work. Um, my good friend, Dom Sugar, shout out to Dom Sugar, the candy man, by the way, uh, You know, he basically says, I'm not out there looking to hit home runs every day. I'm out there looking to hit some base hits. Heck, I might even take a sacrifice fly, okay? Anybody that's uh, not a baseball fan, it just basically means that I'm not looking to go out there and just strike it rich. I'm going out there to start getting some momentum and start getting some traction, all right? So if you're out there thinking you're just shooting for the fences and you swing and you you know, you know hit a double, you might be disappointed. But you know what? That double can bring in uh, some good results, okay? Now, number four, I'm going to lose money. Who wants to lose money? No one. <laughs> I don't, right? But if you think about it this way, you can start smaller, right? Test some products before you actually invest a whole bunch of money into it. Yes, you're going to invest some money. Yes, you may lose some money, but I don't look at it as losing money. I look at it that I learned a lesson or lessons going through this process. All right, I've talked about the AliExpress method, method where you go out there, you find a product, you launch it, even if it's not even branded with your own stuff, and you learn the process. Even if you only spend a hundred bucks to get a few a few uh, products up there or a, a product up there with a few items up there, just to get through the process, learning about optimization of the listing, learning about keywords learning about how the backend works, you know, learning about pay-per-click, learning about a launch process, like all of that stuff, that's a valuable lesson that you would pay a lot of money to learn, and you're going to learn it through this process, all right? Number five, I don't have enough time. That's a big one. Scott, I work a nine-to-five job, right? I've done plenty of episodes in the past on finding your why, all right? And if you want that episode, I'll put it in the show notes, but just go ahead and just search in you know, finding your why in the search bar of theamazingseller.com, and you'll find a few there, right, but it basically means you have to have your why in place in order to, to really drive you when times get tough, right, so when you when you feel like you don't want to get up early in the morning or you don't want to stay up late or you don't want to work on your lunch hour, you know, you're going to push yourself through this, okay, by having that, the time thing is an excuse, all of these things are excuses to me, it's so much easier to procrastinate and not do anything and say, you know what, when I get, thousand dollars I'm gonna do this or when I get five thousand dollars I'm gonna do it you're you're gonna do that and you're just gonna keep pushing it off and pushing it off. Now I'm not saying Amazon has to be your business model, but whatever business model you want to really go into, you gotta go into it, right? And you gotta learn it and you gotta really give yourself a runway. And you got to say, you know what, 90 days, maybe you know, maybe six months, whatever it is, you got to give it your all. Okay and you can't go in there and just kind of dabble. You got to go in there and really give it a good a good shot, okay? But the the you know, all of these things, you know, I don't have enough time, I'm losing money, I'm afraid to pick the wrong product. Those are all normal, but they're all things that are our own fears, our our own thoughts that stop us from getting started. All right? Now, I am going to show you, okay, and share with you not just here on the podcast, but on that workshop, I'm going to actually show you kind of how we can Make it a lot easier and a lot more foolproof, and I don't say it's like totally foolproof because anything can happen, right? But it's a way for you to get clarity, but also to look at the numbers and to see some of these different these different metrics and these different things that you might not have seen before to help you pick a better product, okay? Now, there are some reasons that I've seen people fail at picking a product, and let me just kind of go through them real quick, okay? Number one is... You're out there and you're selling the next garlic press, right? I guarantee, and I'm, I'm going to say it again right here, do not launch a garlic press, please, okay? But I will say that and people will still launch a garlic press. So when people go out there and they try to sell the same product because they go, wow, look at this thing. It's selling 100 units a day. I'm going to make one just like it. And I'm going to sell the same amount. Well, guess what? Everyone else is going to do the same thing, and if you're just going to Alibaba or Aliexpress to do that, and you find that same product, and then you sell that same product, guess what? You're like everyone else. Nothing is going to separate you, nothing, okay, it's going to be really hard, now, that doesn't mean you can't do that and make some sales. You can, but it's going to be a lot harder. And when you say, "Well, I'm not just not getting the sales," well, because you're competing with a hundred or two hundred or a thousand people that have the exact same item. What is the difference in yours? All right. So that's the big one. Number one, selling the same exact product everyone else is. Okay. Two, don't understand the depth and the de- and the demand for a product okay, I'm going to give you an example here in a minute, but if you don't understand the depth and demand, I would definitely recommend checking out episode 189, okay, theamazingseller.com forward slash 189, I'm going to put that in the show notes as well, that right there is a podcast I did on that topic alone, and I shot a video walking through looking at validation and demand, okay, and for those of you that don't know, demand is really just looking at let's say the top 10 we don't want to see just one or two sellers making sales we want to see you know maybe 1 through 5 at least or at least, or maybe 1 through 10 the deeper the better But some people would say, well, if it's deeper, that means there's more competition. Yes and no. If we're talking about the same thing, but we can make ours better because we've listened to the market and we've made a better product and we've got better branding, we got better uh, packaging and all that stuff, we're going to stand out and we're going to grab the attention of those buyers. Okay. And that doesn't mean, again, that we have to stay on Amazon. This means that we're just, we're establishing that product and that brand, but we can also move that off of Amazon. That's a whole nother conversation. All right. So moving on, okay, number three, people choose a seasonal item and wonder why the sales drop after December when they're selling a snow shovel, right? If you're selling a snow shovel, I'm going to tell you, you're going to have really good sales in December and January and February, okay? You're going to have some good sales, okay? Summertime, you're not really going to have any sales for those snow shovels, okay? Not unless you're up in the mountains somewhere, okay? So understand seasonality you have to be aware of that. If you are aware of it and your strategy is, I'm going to launch something in this season and I'm going to launch something in this season and I'm going to launch something in this season. So maybe in all four seasons, you're going to go ahead and do that. That's your strategy. Cool. Do that. But understand that that product is probably going to really dive and it's going to get very little sales on those off months. Okay. You have to be aware of that. But people that don't, that aren't aware of that and, and they don't know that they launch and they're like, well, why, why are my sales not there? That's why. I get people that email me every single day, and unfortunately, I can't respond to everyone's request to do a hot seat or anything like that, but it really does always come back to a lot of these things that I'm going over right now, okay? And I'm not sitting here saying that I haven't made these mistakes. I have, okay? Uh, One of my second products uh, that I did uh, was very much like a seasonal product, Um, not as bad as a snow shovel. But you know it had its season, um, and also I didn't see the depth in the market. And depth really means again going down further um, to see that there's enough demand and depth there for consistent sales, even if I'm number nine. Okay, um, you know as far as search uh, results go. So that's number three, choosing a seasonal item. Okay, and then four, and this is another big one that I really oh I wish that I could could you know like. Just peer into someone's computer when they're making this mistake, and this mistake is they're, they're fooled by inflated numbers by other private labelers doing promotions. Think about what I just said there. You might be looking at your report in Jungle Scout, and you may be saying, these numbers look great. Wow, look at this. They've only got six reviews, and they're getting 300 sales a month. That's 10 a day. That's awesome, and you may say, that's great, but guess what? They just launched maybe a week ago or a a month ago. And a lot of those 300 or those 500, however many sales you've seen, are all from promotions, and when they're from promotions, we all know that's just that's just a strategy to really get sales going, and it's a good strategy, but you have to know that. you got to be able to go back and look at the numbers. One of the tools that I recommend you use for that is camelcamelcamel.com, and if you punch in the URL for that Amazon address, what's going to happen is you're going to see the history of that. You're going to see when it launched. And you're going to see the ups and the downs, and you're going to see the sales. You're going to see, uh, or not just the sales. You're going to see the price, so you can see that they started at 1997, then they went up to 29.97. Maybe they were running out of stock, or maybe there was a really a big time for that product. Maybe it was not a seasonal item, but there was maybe more demand in a certain time of year. But you still had steady sales going through. Um, you know, maybe fourth quarter, um, something like that. But you have to understand those numbers and you have to see that. You have to clearly see that if those numbers have been inflated, you want to be aware of that. Because if not, guess what? You're going to launch and you're going to be shocked. You're going to be like, oh, wait a minute here. I'm not getting sales. It said that I have 300 sales a month and I'm not even getting one a day. Well, I bet if you go back and look at that listing again, you'll probably see that it's tanking, right? Because all they did was they just spiked their sales. They didn't. They didn't steadily get the uh, you know the the sales velocity going. After the fact, they let it die out. That's the person that started and stopped. And now all of a sudden, you got fooled. Don't get fooled by inflated numbers. Do your research on what I'm telling you right now. And like I said, an easy way to do that is to look at the numbers, right? So we wanna see low reviews, that's awesome. If we see reviews like under 300 and they're still getting 300 sales a month, that's pretty cool, right? I mean, of course, if your numbers are right, if your profit margin is right, if your if selling price is right, you know, your purchasing price, all that stuff, obviously you guys need to understand that. But if the numbers are there, Right? And you've done that research and you go, oh, wow, I don't need a whole bunch of reviews. This one here is selling a hundred, uh, or I'm sorry, a 300 a month, but they only have a hundred reviews. I wanna take that now and I wanna see how long they've been selling, right? That's a huge, a huge critical piece that people will miss. And that's why that product fails, all right? So again, those top four reasons one, selling the same exact product as everyone else, okay? Now, let's talk about that again. I'm kind of going off on a little bit of a a rant here. I apologize. It's important. How can we make our product different? Number one way, look and see what other people are saying they don't like about that product and make yours better. All right. In the workshop, I'm going to show you an example that I did that. I went to a garlic press because I wanted to use the same thing that I always kind of talk about. So I'm not like making everyone aware of something else and then everyone else starts to launch those things. So I used that. I went into a popular garlic press. I looked at the negative reviews and I, I found five things that I can improve without really doing anything special. I could just pay more attention to the detail of this product and what it claims to do. What does someone want with a garlic press? What do they want it to actually do? Press garlic, right? They want it to be easy cleaning, They don't want a mess. They don't want it to smear all over the place. They don't want it to break, right? They don't want the blades to to bend or the handle to bend, right? They don't want it to maybe squeak uh, on the hinge when they're pressing it, right? There's different things that people are going to say about the product that can make you go, hmm, if I fix that and make ours better, guess what? I'm going to have a better product and I can call those things out in my messaging on my listing, right, so now I can speak the language of the people that are buying my product, and guess what, I would put those key points on my packaging as well, another note on that, make your packaging better. Right? So in the beginning, you might start off with generic packaging and stuff, and that's cool. But if you spend a little bit more time on packaging, my good friend again, Dom Sugar believes in this. Retail ready, baby. That's what he says all the time. Retail ready. The reason why he says that is because he wants his stuff to look as though it's going to go on the store shelf. So when you receive it, it feels like you got it off the store shelf. It makes a lot of sense, okay? So again, those are some things to make that same exact product not be the same exact product. make it better. Okay. Two, when you don't understand the depth and the demand for a product, that can really get you uh, set up for failure Okay, because you're just looking at the top two and you're going, oh cool, there's 3,000 sales a month for this product and only two of them are doing it. So that means there's more room for me to come in on the bottom. Maybe, maybe not. I'd rather at first especially look and see that there's 10 selling Really, you know, well, as far as well, I mean, like, you know, the 10 by 10 by one strategy, which I talk about, which is 10 sales per day at $10 profit for one product. And if that meets that across 10, so if we took all 10 listings and we totaled up the number and they were spread out amongst all 10 and it totaled 3000 or more, that's 10 a day. I just need to go in there and grab 300 of those. Right. So that's what we're talking about depth. And then the demand being deeper into that depth. All right. And then third, choosing a seasonal item and wondering why the sales drop, okay? By us being able to understand that, hey, this thing could be a seasonal item. So how can I go ahead and look and see if this is a seasonal item through the past five years? There's a tool called Google Trends, free. Okay, Google Trends, you go in there, you punch in your uh, your keyword for your product, and you see how it's been doing. You'll see if it's an upward or a downward, or you'll see different spikes in the year. I did an example I'm going to share on the workshop, and it clearly shows this for two, two products, one of them being it's it's a peak a little bit in the year, but then it's also steady, and then you have another one that flatlines, and then it spikes only during the certain time of the year, all right? So again, seasonal items, you want to avoid them unless you're aware of it and you're going to launch other products in different seasons. Four, and the last one here, is fooled by inflated numbers. Again, that one there is a big one. A lot of private labelers out there trying to make a go at this. Most of them are doing promotions, so that means that their numbers are not true, right? They're not real yet. We want to give that at least, I like to see at least a six-month track record. I'd like to see a year, if at all possible. Like when I go and I see a product that's selling 300 a month, and they only have 25 reviews, and I go and I see that they've been selling consistently for a year, and the BSR, because it shows you that in camelcamelcamel.com, it shows you the BSR too. If I see that that BSR has been you know, within three 4,000 throughout the year, that's great, and I only need 25 reviews. Now we're, now we're talking something here, right? So that's what I say about like not getting fooled, right? Don't get fooled by the inflated numbers through promotions. Now, the other thing that I want to address here, and again, uh, you know, it's something I think is really, really important is a lot of people also, they only look at the product. They only look at the product that's currently selling. The other thing you have to ask yourself is, is this a product, okay, That is serving a market and does that market have other products that are being served to it? Hopefully that makes sense. So you want to think about the market. I talk about the fishing market, right? If I was going into the fishing market or the guitar market, there's plenty of products that I can serve up to that customer. I also talked about niching it down inside of each of those markets. So if we went fishing, maybe it's a fly fisherman or maybe it's a bass fisherman right? Two different types of fishermen. They may both fish those different types, but when they're looking for fly fishing gear, they're going after that. If they're looking for bass fishing gear, they're looking for that. I mean, heck, they make a bass fishing boat for crying out loud, okay? Now, uh, and if I went into the guitar stuff, we've got classical guitar, we've got jazz guitar, we've got Rock guitar, heavy metal guitar, right? All of these different things. We have different tones. We have different, there's different pedals out there. And for those of you guys that are guitarists, you guys know what I mean. There's these, these effects pedals, right? That you can buy they're not cheap. Chords, picks, guitar strings, right? Music books, music holders, all of these different things, right? We have all of these different items that can be served to the market. So I think another mistake that people make is they don't look at the market. They look at the product. And I think you ought to flip that around and look at the market and then say what products could be served to this market. Now I'm doing something similar right now where I'm I'm going after products that are they're they're not really special, they're not sexy, right? But even with that, you can find a non-sexy product and find other products that could relate to that same customer, okay? Because it's, it's kind of like if you need one thing, you'll need the other thing to work with that thing and then maybe then you need other things to support those two things or maybe it's going to be something that attaches to that thing, right? So there's a whole bunch of different things that can, I just said things a lot, but there's a whole bunch of different items that could be strapped onto these products or additional ones that help support those other products, but again, it all comes back to what is that that customer trying to achieve. If they're a guitar player, they're trying to play guitar better, or maybe it's going to help them when they carry their guitar on tour, uh, you know, or maybe the fisherman, it's going to help them catch more fish. So there's always an end, there's an end goal in mind. And we have to know that if we know that it's going to make it easier for us to look at products differently, right? Then we can peer into Facebook groups and see how to make those products better, Right, not just by looking at the reviews, which I think if you guys are not looking at the reviews when you're thinking about a product to make better, you're missing a ton of data. Think about that for a second. Years ago, if I was opening up a, fisher, a fisherman shop, or that isn't even in a tackle shop, I guess is what the the correct terminology would be. If I was going to open up that type of shop, I wouldn't really know the products that my competitor was selling, number one. Number two, I wouldn't know what their customers were saying about the certain products to make them better, right, so because I have Amazon and I have the reviews, I can really look and see what the customer likes and what they don't like, and I can also look at the sales to see what's selling, what's not selling, all right, so there's so much information that's inside of Amazon, even if, even if you never launched a product on Amazon, right, I just talked to a guy the other day. who's really, really focused on Amazon, right? And he's just got that in his head, and I, I get it, right? That's where I want you to start. But I said to him, I want you to do one thing for me. Here's a little exercise you all can do as well, okay? Pretend Amazon doesn't exist, okay? Let's just pretend it doesn't exist as a sales channel for you. Maybe you can't sell product on Amazon. But let's say that you have, you have, the the, uh, the ability to look on Amazon and see what people are buying and what people are saying about the products. You could take that information and then go over and launch your own product on your own e-commerce site and you're still gonna benefit from the data that was given over on Amazon. Now, we get best of both worlds. We get to sell on Amazon, we get to get the information from Amazon that they're supplying for us, and we can sell on our own platform, we can build our own sales channel, and all of that stuff. So there's so much that we can do just from the information that Amazon gives us, all right? So again, I just wanted to do this episode to really let you guys know that, number one, you're not alone if you're feeling fear, right if you're if you're feeling like you know what oh, i just don't want to pick the wrong product you know i get it right i i understand that but you can't let that stop you because what's going to happen is you're going to always be thinking you're going to make the wrong move it doesn't matter if you sell on amazon or if you go and get a new job or maybe you transfer jobs have you ever transferred to another job or you quit your job to go work for another company and you thought to yourself Man, I really hope this works out because if it doesn't, I don't want to go crawling back to my boss. There's fear there too, right? You know, And, and it could be financial fear because financially, you might say, I'm taking a cut in pay to go over here and I'm not going to be able to make that up if I don't grow at the rate I want to grow at this new company, right? So there's all of these different fears that come into our heads whenever we do something that just doesn't feel 100%. So nothing is going to feel 100%. In life, in whatever we do, there's never a sure thing. Uh, at least I haven't found that everything is a sure thing. There's always a risk involved. Some are a little bit greater than others, but there's always a risk involved. And you know, there's one thing that was uh, instilled in me a long time ago, and it's kind of like you know, scared money makes no money, kind of thing. Or uh, you know, if you're not risking, you're you're, you're not you know you're not gaining um, because you're just not putting yourself out there. I understand we want to stay safe that's our our mind and our body is designed to do that it's to protect us but with that being said there's a whole bunch of things that we can do that i just covered with you to really give it a clearer picture or a vision for you to go down once you're going through the product discovery stage again looking at you know just just that one alone being fooled by inflated numbers like if you got fooled by that guess what you're probably going to have a product that's a loser it's, that's what's going to happen, right, if you pick a seasonal item, guess what, it's going to sell probably in the season that it's meant for, but then it's not going to sell so well, right, so if we can, if we can look at this stuff with just a different set of eyes and a little bit of know-how, that's what I want to do here for you is at least give you the tools and uh, and really the know-how as far as what to look at, especially if you're brand spanking new, and that's why I'm going to actually do this on a workshop. I'm going to actually show you some examples, and I'm going to walk you through even more detail than I was able to cover here on the podcast, so if you want to attend that, all you have to do is head over to theamazingseller.com forward slash discover. Okay, D I S C O V E R, discover. Okay, so we're gonna discover how to find products. Okay, so theamazingseller.com forward slash discover. The upcoming date is October 13th, okay, 2016. But even if you can't attend that one and you wanna attend one at a later date, just go to theamazingseller.com forward slash discover and you'll be linked up to either a replay or an upcoming one when we do it in the future. Okay, I'm doing this for everyone that said, Scott, please, please. Break down phase one of the five phases deeper so we can get past this hurdle. And that's what I want to do for you on this workshop and hopefully in this podcast. All right. So, guys, that's it. That is going to wrap up this episode. The show notes, the transcripts. All of that stuff can be found at theamazingseller.com forward slash 263, and uh, you can download all that over there and check out the show notes and the link even to join and register for the upcoming workshop, which is totally free, by the way. You can do that as well. All right, guys, so that's it. That's going to wrap up this episode. Go out there and get them, and remember, I'm here for you. I believe in you, and I'm rooting for you, but you have to. You have to. Come on. Say it with me. Say it loud. Say it proud take action. Have an awesome, amazing day, and I'll see you right back here on the next episode or on that live workshop. See you. Take care.